With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. NowJobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! Some podcasts do it for the fun. Some do it for the fame. Chad and Cheese, they do it for global effing domination. That's right. Bringing America to its knees was just the beginning. Now, they have their eyes set on conquering Europe. And they've drafted industry veteran Levan von Neuerhauser of Belgium to help them navigate the old country and bring HR's most dangerous podcast across the pond to trash talk like never before. Not safe for work in any language. The Chad and Cheese Podcast does Europe. Oh, yeah. The Omicron variant is ravaging Europe. The same month Chad is touring the continent. Coincidence? I'll let you be the judge. You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast does Europe, everybody. This time, sans Chad, who's busy building his Portuguese real estate empire. I'm your co-host, Joel Variant of Concern Cheeseman. And I'm still leaving Van Ibenhausen. Good enough. On this episode, Tex Colonel scoops up an American competitor, job and talent lands a $500 million investment, and a little game of buy or sell. And don't forget our mystery guest coming up. Let's do this. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries, It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. All right, everybody, I'm I'm gonna give you a little hint to our, our mystery guest, ready? Here we go. Let's start with a little mood music. And then... What are you doing, step bro? All right. (laughs) You know that sound means there's porn in the house. What's up, everybody? I want to welcome our favorite industry porn star, Hung Lee, to the show. He has no B game. Welcome, Hung. What an entrance! Um, thank you for that. Uh, for, thank you for that intro, uh, Joel. I uh, I really appreciate it. it. Helps my credibility massively. So <laughs> so polite, such a Brit, such a Brit. So most of our listeners will know you as the recruiting brain food guy. Uh, talk a little bit about that and anything else you think our listeners should know about you, real quick. Okay, cool. So basically, that's it. I mean, I write a newsletter every week called the Recruiting Brain Food. You should subscribe to it. Um, and I do a bunch of other stuff around that, including, um, you know, live streams, videos, podcasts, etc. Uh, just basically talking to industry people, um, and, uh, and, and supporting the ecosystem as best I can. 
And you regularly highlight the Chatter Chat and Cheese podcast. So we, we really, really appreciate that. Levin, how are you doing, man? I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm feeling a bit omicron today, but uh nothing more than sore trout, so I guess it's not real Give stuff. us give us Americans a, a bit of flavor of what it's like in Europe right now with Omicron. Well, we had to postpone the best festival, now the best um, congress in the world, so we don't like Omicron. But uh, it's getting better. It's getting better. Yeah, that was some bullshit. How about in the UK, huh? You know what? The UK, I think, has a slightly different approach. Um, whenever I speak to like uh, our, our mainland European friends that have come over, uh, they're usually quite uh, surprised at how... Uh, generally lax things are over here. But yeah, I think uh, we'll we'll probably get a a few more days worth of going out before we all voluntarily kind of shut things down and um, and move into the the Christmas period, you know? You're saying I can still get a pint in Britain? Yeah, 100%. You can walk in and get a pint. No worries. Then life life is good. All right, let's get to some quick shout-outs. My shout-out in this episode goes out to Austrian brothels. That's right. A brothel in Austria is offering free vouchers to adults who get their COVID-19 vaccine at the building. <laughs> Fun Palace, which is what it's called. Uh, I'm guessing that's Fun Palace in Austrian, uh, is located in the capital city, city of Vienna, is hoping to boost vaccination rates as well as client numbers that have dropped during the pandemic. I'm sure they have dropped. Uh, visitors will be entitled to a free 30-minute session in a, quote, sauna club, end quote, with the lady of their choice if they get their shot. Austria has one of the worst vaccine uptakes in Western Europe. No word yet on how much the freebies are impacting vaccination rates, but I'm guessing they're moving the needle a little bit to the positive side if they're handing out freebies. Have you guys been to Austria recently? Uh, not recently. Um, <laughs> three years. Uh, three years since I was last in Vienna. So uh, I am certainly overdue. Although that's nothing to do with that new story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, Levin, you have any shout-outs? Anything you want to let the listeners know about before we get into news? Okay, we have a shout-out to the E-Recruitment Congress, which is the Congress House of HR organizes, and which should have been held uh, November 25th, but we had to postpone it because of Omicron. And now we have a new date. So that's the shout out. The new date is May 6th, 2022. If there is no tau or sigma or whatever they invent, it will be May 6th. Which I'm sure it's equally nice to be in in Europe in May as it is in November. It's much better, much better. Much better, much better. Yeah, yeah I, I need a quick pity party. Uh, I, after being cooped up in my house, I was supposed to get H, go to HR Tech in Vegas uh, back in, in the fall, and my wife had an emergency appendectomy, so I didn't get to go. And then I was really excited to get out of the house to go to Europe, and then this thing gets canceled. So I'm hoping that 2022 uh, travel actually actually happens again. Hung, uh, Hung, do you do you have any uh, any shout outs for the for the listeners? I do. I do. I have two sports shout outs this week because two exciting and remarkable things happened uh, to two teams I support. Um, So quick shout out to Newcastle United Football Club um, who uh, secured their first win of the entire season um, uh, this week. Um, they're still bottom of the league, of course. Um, however, three wins, three, three points is three points. Um, so we're now joint bottom, which is fantastic. And their hope is in the air. 
Um, and shout out also to uh, the Detroit Lions, of course, in the NFL. Similarly, uh, winless until last Sunday, but they pulled it off. Um, and, and that gives me hope, you know. It gives me hope uh, that these horrendous uh, units of organization can uh-huh. pull it together and, uh, and turn it around and, you know, give the fans a glimmer of something. So, uh, so yeah. So this is interesting. So I'm going to come at this from an American perspective. Uh, we have two or three games a year that that happen in London. Uh, yeah. Usually, I think Wembley Stadium, uh, the teams come in. And the, the stadium is always packed. And I tend to default to, oh, that's just Americans over in Europe that want to go see a football game. Now, are you just being nice because you're on our podcast? Or do you actually keep track of American football? And what is your sense of the English uh, English acceptance of the sport. All right, so I'm I'm basically an outlier in the sense that I am a fan of the NFL, so and I've followed followed the NFL for a very long time. So wow. um, so that's true for I even played it at a, at a really basic level uh, when I was a kid because there was a massive surge of interest in in in, in uh, what you guys would call football yep. over here uh, at, at around the time when I could play. Um, but the, 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 the reason why it's packed out is because of genuine fans. There's enough fans basically in the, uh, in England, certainly, uh, to basically make the journey to go to an event, pay a hundred pounds or whatever it is, ridiculous yeah. amount of money. I think it's a big number these days, um, and sit there for three and a half hours to watch these guys play. So, um, so I think it's a genuine fan interest. Um, I think that, uh, you know, you're going to get 50, 60,000 people uh, to watch these things. Um, whether you get it every week, I don't know, because it's still like, what, three or four times, isn't it? So it's, it's still like a big event. Yep. Um, uh, but I, I think that, um, yeah, a club would do well over in, in the UK. So you're, you're all for a, a London-based uh, American football team? Um, I would not say so. Um, no. Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I think the reason why the the fans are interested is because there's there's a, there's a the, the the fans of the the teams in the US. Um, uh, you know, there are fans of the Miami Dolphins, fans of the Chicago Bears, etc. Um, so I think if you try to create a London team, um, will they switch allegiance? I don't think that's that clear that they would do that. I guess if if I guess if we just added an English Premier uh, football team, there wouldn't be a whole lot of fans in the UK. Right. Let's say I mean the MLS is a good example, right? Let's say there was an MLS team over in in UK in England. Um, yeah. Would there be any fans either side of the of the Atlantic watching that? Probably not. Um, so I think there's already fan loyalty laid down um, to US based teams at the moment. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, whether they do it or not, uh, uh, I don't know. But it seems like the NFL makes e- easy money by sending a few teams every year doing this, doing it yeah. this way. So I wonder what the value would be to actually create a local team. Yeah, how's how's the NFL in Belgium? Is there <laughs> do they have games of American football over there? Leaving? I don't think I've ever seen a game, but I'm sure by watching those American movies that I would have been a great quarterback. Yeah, I'm going to say probably, probably not so much. All right, gang. Let's get into some shit that listeners might actually care about. Uh, in the news recently, Text Kernel buys Sovereign. Well, Santa came a little early for one of our longtime sponsors. Uh, the Dutch-based Text Kernel has announced that it has acquired Sovereign, uh, a longtime sponsor of this show. So ho, ho, ho to those folks. The combination of both companies will create a stronger player in the AI-based search and match technology space 
and TextKernel strengthens its North American and APAC footprint with the acquisition. Following the deal, TextKernel will serve over 2,500 clients, including some of the largest staffing firms in the world, working from offices in the Netherlands, U.S., France, and Germany. Financial details of the track transaction were not disclosed. However, according to a market source cited by Reuters, the deal is valued at 30 to 40 million euros. TextKernel is backed by Main Capital, which bought the company from CareerBuilder back in 2020. TextKernel employs about 150 people. That's according to LinkedIn. So I know from a U.S.-based perspective, uh, certainly Sovereign has been a major player uh, in this space for a long time. Uh, TextKernel, on, on your side of the pond, you probably have a little different perspective um, let's start with Levin. Levin, any any commentary around around this deal? What it means to resume parsers over in Europe? Uh, global perspective? Anything on the deal that that you found interesting? Well, first of all, congratulations to Sovereign for uh, getting the money. And I heard about Sovereign for the first time in this podcast. So I'm sure those buying people from Text Kernel also did. So it's all thanks to you, Joel, that uh, those people we're, are We're getting a... no piece of the deal, by the way, no? just so you know. <laughs> no, that's a mistake. <laughs> that's a mistake. Well, maybe they'll give you, they'll give you something, maybe. But um, I think it's a, it's a good idea. If they want to do something across the pond, as you call it, in the US, then they should buy a decent company. It's almost impossible to start your own company, I guess, being European. So if they want to be something in the US, it's a start. And TextKernel is a big name. Uh, we don't work with them. We work with uh, Magicbox, which is a more funny kind of name, I feel. Did you say Magic Box? No, Matchbox. Huh? Oh, like Matchbox. Matching, matching in a box. Ma- Magic Magicbox Box was a movie Hung was in a couple of years ah, ago. Okay, okay, anyway, okay. also Matchbox. Got it. The Fish Called Swallow. Wasn't that with Hung too? No. <laughs> Goodness me. What? How did you know my film back, backlog, man? I mean, <laughs> I thought I'd script that from the internet. hung do you have any opinion on on the deal um not a huge amount of commentary other than you know the the fact is basically resumes are just massively resilient um and they've been fueling recruitment for the last you know several hundred years let's say certainly within the modern understanding of the document at least the last 50 years and uh, and yeah there's a long way to go on 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 the old uh, old school stuff so uh so yeah technology like this i think is proof of it Yeah. You know, if I had to make, I guess, a job board comparison uh, for listeners, to me, this is a little bit like Indeed and Glassdoor uh, joining forces. I I think this deal makes TextKernel the 800-pound gorilla of resume parsing and and potentially matching as well going forward. This gives it really great reach globally, which I don't think many of the competitors, um, Archili is one that I could think of uh, that maybe moves into the the B player, player spot. I mean, too many times in our industry, deals are, you know, square pegs and round holes and they don't really fit. And you kind of have to do some mental, uh, you know, limbo to try to figure out why deals were made. Sometimes it's just clearance rack, you know, deals. Um, but this one to me make, made a lot of sense. Uh, these are two two pieces that fit really well together. Um, the whisper number out of Reuters, uh, 30 to 40 million pounds feels low to me. But I also know that Sovereign, uh, I believe, was entirely bootstrapped. So they don't have the uh, the, po- the politics to play when you have investors and, and capital that comes in. 
um, in any, in any big way. So, so that wasn't part of, uh, part of that as well. Um, do you guys agree that, that our chili sort of moves into the, the B spot or the, the number two player or the Pepsi in this game? Or do you think, uh, matchbox or another player, uh, might come in and, and take that number two spot? Um, not a huge amount. I mean, I've not used any of these technologies myself, so it's hard for me to kind of comment on it in terms of my own like user experience of it. Um, uh, so, uh, I don't think I've got a huge amount to say in terms of the, um, you know, who, who the, the second player might be, um, after this, uh, this marriage. How do you, I, I'm, I'm guessing you have maybe a comment, uh, or an opinion on this. Resumes tend to be moving more and more into video, um, whether that's social media or whether that's, you know, video interviewing and, and, or maybe an automated situation with a, with a chat bot. How does... How does resume parsing adapt, if at all, to more of a video um, formatted resume? Like to me, that seems like a major threat to the business. Do you guys agree with that, or, or do you think they'll be able to evolve? Or are video resumes total bullshit? Uh, which I'm totally down to to to, to hear that argument because there's a good one to make there. I think they're two separate things, man. I mean, um, uh, a video resume. There's like so many companies have have tried to do it, but the the reality of it is, it's a video is too hard to process at scale, um, yeah. uh, whether that's through a technology or a parser or through a human parser. Um, you know, you can't sit through this thing. Um, so I think video is like super useful in recruiting, um, but they tend to be more valuable when it's custom made or for a particular purpose mm-hmm. um, rather than a resume, which is usually a generic document that you just float out there. Um, so I think... Uh, the text-based resume is still the default. I don't see it ever going away from text. Um, and, and like I said, the, the start of the segment, um, uh, Joel, uh, the, the health of these companies, I think, is, uh, is a signal of the resilience of that b- basic text-based uh, format uh, yeah. of this, these types of documents. And I, I'd, I'd say, if anything, being able to sort of digest the text resume and making it standardized is a really big challenge, uh, which I think is probably why there, there are so few players. I mean, just just the fact that I know LinkedIn doesn't like to have uh, its data you know, pulled from the web and that they're constantly playing whack-a-mole with how they uh, format you know, their profiles and changing that and trying to, to always be one step ahead of people that are grabbing uh, resume data uh, from their site. I know that this is a really big challenge, which I think makes the service really valuable. Um, but I know that uh, if if you believe LinkedIn is the future and having profiles and, and resumes, which I, I tend to agree with you, um, then these these companies will continue to be to be really valuable. Levin? Yeah, well, I, I agree with Hang. I mean, video is really important and it will only gain importance, but uh, it's just a hassle for a recruiter to watch videos. I mean, if you have to if you have fifty people applying for a job, and you have to watch fifty movies. It will just turn you mad. Yeah. So just browsing or uh, through through 50 resumes um, printed ones or uh, of course digital ones that will go fast and then in the end you can if you have five candidates you can watch the videos to see if one of them jumps out but um, I don't think video will ever just completely uh, how do you say it um, obliterate replace the <laughs> yeah the, the CVs it's, it's hardly possible I think not for mass recruitment of course there are some automation tools that uh, will disagree with you and hope to solve that problem well let's get to um, another news item uh, some pretty big cash flowing into a, a company called job and talent uh, which I think is a horrible name uh, but that's beside the point I guess 
The Madrid, Spain-based temporary staffing platform uh, announced recently it, it has secured a $500 million Series E round. Uh, the money gives job and talent a valuation of $2.35 billion. The company says that it, it has uh, annual revenue run rate of more than 1 billion euros, which would place it among the top 40 staffing firms in the world. The company says funding will be used to accelerate the company's expansion into key markets, including the United States. Uh, more than 1,300 companies, including DHL, FedEx, and eBay, use the service, which currently operates in nine markets. The most popular jobs being posted for the platform include van and food delivery drivers and warehouse operators. Uh, Job and Talent has raised a total of $1.1 billion, that's according to Crunchbase, and employs just north of 1,000 people, according to LinkedIn. Uh, Guys, what can you tell me about Job and Talent, uh, and what odds do you give them to find success in the United States? Yeah, I mean, firstly, I love the name Job and Talent. Um, well done, branding team. Um, Bullshit. <laughs> I, I do. I think they're great. I mean, uh, you you don't forget it, right? Um, Can you imagine being a salesperson saying, "Hi, I'm Joel from Job and Talent. I'd like to tell you about, about our company." Anyway, agree to disagree. I think that it works, um, but also, uh, you know, credit to them again. I think uh, I like the fact that this company knows what kind of business it is. Um, you know, it is a staffing firm. It does focus on, you know, uh, at the temporary workforce, um, and it's got the the right kind of technology wrapper around the service. Um, uh, you know, I think a lot of uh, when you're looking at a uh, kind of a next generation. Uh, uh, staffing supplier, what does it look like? It's, it looks a lot more like a job and talent uh, uh, provider than it would do, say, you know, a manpower, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, they are an ev- evolutionary step as a, for, for a business of this type. They're not a revolutionary step. Um, uh, but you know what? Uh, evolutions tend to be better than revolutions in many cases. So, you know, well done on them. I look forward to see what they do. Looks like they, it looks like all this money is going to be U.S. expansion based. So you can expect yep. to see a lot of those sales guys uh, based out of the U.S. in uh, in 2022. Yeah. So we, we talk a lot on the show about companies in other parts of the world that attempt to come to the U.S. and and largely largely don't make it. Um, it sounds like you're giving these guys a fighter's chance to uh, to make some impact in the United States. They just need U.S. sales guys. I mean, the, the, the companies that don't make it are the ones that stay out of the U.S. and try and sell across. And that's just not a possibility. Um, so, you know, I think the, the investors understand that. Um, and, and, you know, that's the reason why they put the money down. Um, hire a bunch of salespeople and I think uh, you're good to go. And change the name. Leaving any opinion on this? <laughs> The most interesting part to me was that um, BlackRock is investing 75 million in it, which is total peanuts for BlackRock. But yep. still, it's good for me to see that they are interested in our business, in our industry. And those are the really, really big players. I mean, according to Wikipedia, they have 9.5 trillion in assets. So, okay, 75 million is a uh, pocket change, but uh, still, it's good to have them looking into what we are doing. Yeah. Give me a sense as an American, uh, sort of the staffing business in the in Europe. My sense is you have you mentioned manpower hung. Uh, I mean, companies that have been around for a really long time have relationships, have brand awareness, and then these guys come along uh, to sort of penetrate and take away that market share. Like, give me a perspective of the staffing business in Europe and how realistic it really is that job and talent can put a dent um, in the market share of, of companies like Manpower. 
Um, I think that ultimately the I mean, when you're in this market, which is uh, you know as, as I understand it, it's high volume, um, it's temporary staffing. Um, a great deal of it is about your branding because it's very difficult to differentiate um, who who and what you are mm-hmm. um, to uh, the competitors that we mentioned before. So uh, you know we've seen some super um, resilient, mature players. Uh, you know year on year be dominant in this space. Um, and you know they're the companies that deal with enterprise wide customers. Um, uh, they're the kind of uh, uh, businesses where you have an employer uh, or a client that is a multi site, multi national type of business. They may want to have like one interface to deal with all of their office working temps, for instance. Um, and it's going to be very difficult for a new company to try and inherit um, uh, uh, that that business or take that business. Because uh, yeah. they don't have the, um, uh, the genuinely aren't able to supply to all of those, you know, international needs. Um, so hence, I think, you know, a lot of those old players have, have, have got a very strong position. You know, startup speak, you might call it a defensible uh, moat, let's say. Um, and, you know, credit to job and talent. They're going to give it a shot to try and crack a new market. Um, but maybe they're kind of tech-led type of uh, vibe might be able to unlock a few things that the other companies uh, aren't uh, can't do. So, yeah. yeah, I look forward to seeing how they get on. Yeah. A billion dollars can uh, can help their, their chances quite a bit. Levin? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And I must say, manpower is sticking to the old business, I guess, or maybe they're doing stuff I'm not, I don't know about. But um, this company is a digital staffing agency, and this works. I mean... Everything is getting digital. It's about convenience and they provide it. And we launched the company three years ago, I guess, or I'm not good in dates, but uh, now Jobs, which is actually doing the same. We just launched it, launched it from scratch and we're making 60 million this year, a totally digital agency just in Belgium. Well, now we're also active in the Netherlands, but still mostly in Belgium. Such a small market and gaining from scratch to 60 million in COVID times is just a big success. So I can imagine if you're in an active market like Spain, I get such a funding, everything is possible. Yeah, 60, 60 million to buy you a lot of Belgian beer, uh, won't it, Levin? Um, so <laughs> I don't- About uh, 60 million Belgian beers. Aside from the news much about this company, uh, my guess is if they have a billion dollars to come to the States, I will certainly learn about them uh, post haste. Uh, who knows, they'll maybe even be a sponsor of the show uh, mm-hmm. next year. But it seems to me like they've sort of magically balanced contract workers feeling like full-time employees, but while making employers' lives easier, uh, they're basically a staffing firm 2.0, I guess, if you were mm-hmm. creating a headline for that. Um, I also think that the model could work in the US, especially when you're talking about frontline workers uh, who are on their phones all the time. They want to live through their phones. They want to schedule where they're working. I mean, all this stuff. And there's a lot of competition around platforms and and having uh, part-time workers like this. Uh, Snapshift comes to mind, but there are a lot of others. Uh, but like I said, a billion dollars can buy you a lot of marketing, can buy you a lot of salespeople. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see what job and talent does uh, in the States as we head into 2022. The strange part is they've only been having a positive EBITDA since 2020 or something yeah. really recently. So um, they're making lots of revenue, but um, spending it all probably on buying market share. 
and they'll be doing more of that if they come to the U.S. Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick break and uh, play a little Buy or Sell, one of our more fun games on the show. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. All right, guys, it's uh, time to play a little buy or sell. Um, I'm guessing you guys know how to play the game. I will highlight news from three companies that have recently uh, raised money. And then you guys will comment on their company and whether you are a buyer or seller of the business. Are you guys ready to play a little buy or sell? Down for it, man. All right, let's go into, uh, let's talk about Quinix first. Let's stick with uh, the contract workers. Swedish-based Quinix, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, announced recently that it has raised $50 million in funding at a $550 million valuation. This brings the total raise to roughly $89 million, which the company says it'll put toward hiring as well as product research and development. Quinix, which claims to have a million users, delivers scheduling, budget forecasting, and shift planning and swapping. Through its WebPunch product, that's the brand name, WebPunch, a dashboard for time clocking employees can record their time worked as an alternative to traditional time clocks. Guys, is Quinix the biggest thing to come out of Sweden since ABBA? Leaving, are you a buyer or seller? Well, we're talking about Swedish movies. Maybe you should talk to Hung, but um, in this case, I'm definitely <laughs> what are a buyer. doing, step bro? <laughs> I'm a buyer. And I mean, not really, because we have Bookio, which is doing the same thing and is uh, our company. So I'm not buying uh, Queenix, but I'm buying the concept. They're doing something right at exactly the right time. And just to give you an example, COVID was a terrible period to launch scheduling tools because most of the tools are used for the, um, the gig economy. And gig economy is closely related to events. And all those events have been canceled. So we thought, okay, this is going to be a problem. But then we noticed that, um, just a stupid example, all those vaccine centers had to use scheduling tools for those thousands and thousands of volunteers. So there's always a new opportunity, and this will only grow. Scheduling, gig work, it goes together perfectly. You need both. So I think they have a great products. I've been looking into their websites. I would buy them if we didn't have book you. So are you a buyer or seller? A buyer. Okay. <laughs> you initially weren't. All right, Hung. What's your what are your thoughts on Quinix? And what's your favorite ABBA song, by the way? One hundred percent buyer. Um, gimme, gimme, gimme. Obviously, um, for buyer uh, for ABBA. No. Um, so basically, um, and also, I never cracked the Swedish film market. I don't know why. Um, but uh, with regards to um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough audience. Um, the uh, you know, this they, they have a wonderful founder story. Um, so Eric, uh, the guy who founded the business, I think he came across this issue, this issue when he was himself like a server at McDonald's in, mm-hmm. in Stockholm somewhere in 2006 or something when he was a kid. Um, and, and yeah, you know, there's lots of hidden problems in, in, in lots of businesses that typically, you know, lie dormant until 
there's a there's some sort of moment where the technology is mature enough for a solution to be found. So I think they're attacking a market uh, that is huge, um, uh, and uh, they've they've got a great opportunity. So um, I think the the only threat that, that I can see to this business is whether the absolute size mm-hmm. of the market might actually decrease with increased automation. Let's say so. If mm-hmm. you think about food retail as the example. Um, I mean, these guys are bigger now than just supplying, scheduling for food retailers. But um, uh, if you can imagine that market is suddenly shrinking because there's a lot more automation, there's a lot more, uh, you know, self-serve, there's a lot more delivery type stuff. Um, uh, So I think, you know, these macro trends are the things that are going to be a threat to to this company. But there's probably enough of that mature market left uh, for them to really make a big difference. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm buying. Enthusiastic buy. Uh, so aside from another shitty name, uh, the story is really impressive uh, to me as well. They have over 300 employees uh, in offices across the U.S., U.K., Sweden, Finland, Germany, Norway, Denmark, and the Netherlands. Uh, the shift management market segment is expected to grow from $6 billion, uh, in 2020 to $9.3 billion in 2025. That's a, lot of, that's a big increase, by the way. Uh, there is a lot of competition. Uh, Quinix competes with When I Work, who we've also uh, talked about on the show before, uh, Spur, Blue Yonder, and Deputy. Uh, but Quinix has managed to carve out a slice of the expanding market with over a thousand customers, including Oatly, Cisco, Virgin Atlantic, and DHL, a few names that we all know. Uh, they're going to need another round of funding, in my opinion, somewhere between uh, around the $500 million ballpark. But uh, Quinix also is a buy for me. And the answer to best ABBA song is obviously Dancing Queen. Our (laughs) second startup is out of the UK. So, Hung, we're looking for really insightful uh, commentary from you. The UK Screen Loop announced uh, announced a $2.5 million seed round of venture capital for its digital interview app. Uh, Its founders include former employees from Revolut, ClearScore, um, in Stack Overflow. Most interestingly, though, Indeed's co-founder, Paul Forster, is also an investor. Uh, there's a long list of video recruiting solutions, but work from home has also made it exponentially more important. Uh, Hung, is ScreenLoop a buy or sell for you? Yeah, I'm a big buy on this also. Um, I think getting early is the right thing to do. Um, I mean, I, lo- I love these guys for a lot of reasons. Firstly, I mean, you mentioned the um, the, the, the team they've assembled is, is impressive. Um, uh, you know, so much of, of the early stage of any business is how, uh, how, how great an access you have to the market that you're trying to sell to. Um, and you can imagine with the, the lineup that they've got, they're going to un- be able to unlock a lot of those very early clients, um, which are going to make a huge difference to how they progress as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also they're very much in the right space as well. Um, obviously, the shift to remote has created uh, this huge demand to get better at assessing um, you know, people who you might um, uh, conceivably never meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything associated with assessment tech, I think, is going to be there. Um, and most importantly, perhaps, um, they do some interesting interview analytics as part of their initial uh, product, uh, which I think is a, is a very exciting um, segment. Um, so this is the idea that, um, you know, the technology should be used not only to analyze candidates, mm-hmm. uh, but also to analyze the interviewer. Um, and they're attacking that market also by having this component. 
um, basically means you can start thinking about, okay, uh, are our hiring managers any good? You know, are our recruiters doing good interviews? Um, are we biased in any way? Um, you know, why does this guy always cut his interview short and never hire anybody? You know, those types of questions uh, have really been a mystery to yeah. business leaders um, uh, uh, in the analog era, you know. Um, uh, but the interview itself, rather than being this mysterious sort of place where the hiring manager or the recruiter comes out and says, you know, oh, that candidate wasn't strong enough, quote unquote. Um, we are now be- uh, have the technology to basically transcribe what is being said and do the analysis on how much is being said and what is being said. Um, so I think it's going to be a really interesting segment and uh, almost anybody playing in this space, I'm kind of going to back. Interesting. All right. Strong buy from Hung Lee. Levin, what are your thoughts on Screen Loop? This is one to watch for me. I'm not going to sell, I'm not going to buy. I'm going to choose the third option, watch. Is it an option? Watch? <laughs> I think I can just invent a new option. What a European thing to do. You're just going to watch. That's how yeah. World War II got started. You guys just watched, <laughs> watched yeah, everything. Then, All right. You, you well, came well, saving a rest, so yeah, it was okay. <laughs> All right, uh, so we'll we'll make that a hold for leaving. Uh, so the word holds. Yeah. So so I'm I'm a little bit torn. Uh, my brain says this company has no chance uh, with competitors like HireVue, Modern Hire, Bright Hire, Talview, Humanly, Clovers, and a ton of others. It'll be way too tough, in my opinion, uh, to break through. However, however, uh, my gut says Paul Forster, co-founder of Indeed, is a really savvy guy. Who really knows our space um, and frankly betting against him is probably a dumb thing to do uh, I'm also guessing that he knows a few potential acquirers for this company hint hint uh, I could probably name a few but you probably know who they are um, so for that reason uh, I'm gonna put my chips in default Paul Forster's um, investment and where he puts his money um, I'm gonna go with my gut and also give screen loop a buy rating. All right, our last company, another uh, London-based company, uh, Blink, has raised $20 million at a $100 million valuation. The app provides a platform for frontline workers to use and engage with the various IT services used by their organizations. With new funding, Blink is planning to relocate its headquarters to New York to better tackle the U.S. market. The global opportunity is a big one, with an estimated 2.7 billion people working on the front line, according to the company. Blink currently has some 93,000 users and promised to bring those employees simple way, simple ways to find payslips, routers, apps, policies, conversations, and answers to questions. One place, one app, one click is their mantra. Guys, are you a buy or sell of Blink? If it was Blink 182, I would buy. But in this case, <laughs> nope. No, just too difficult. If you Google them, you will only fight, find punk rock bands. So no, it won't work. Oh, hell no. But bonus points for the 90s emo music reference. All right, that's a sell from Levin. Uh, Hong, what are your thoughts on Blink? So I'm going to say buy again. And I need to check my bank account because obviously I'm the <laughs> richest guy in London because um, I'm buying everything. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely buying. Um, I think that they do something that is kind of deceptively simple um because if you think about do you remember back in the days when there was such a thing as an intranet you know some sort of private space where you know company only eyes and this is where you'd get your 
you know, all of your uh, employee information. Maybe there'd be some sort of crappy chat function in there or whatever. Sure. It was the worst websites ever, right? No one ever sort of spent any time on computer. Yeah, eBay, eBay was an early adopter of the intranet mobile uh, solution. So, yeah, I do remember really? those. You remember that. So anyway, this is simply just a mobilized intranet, um, uh, but it's delivered as an intranet, mobilized intranet as a service, the companies that are not going to build it themselves. Um, and it's going to give the employees, I think, some, <clears throat> excuse me, um, mobile first access to the stuff they need, um, which again, for frontline workers, like, you know, that, that are not sitting in front of a keyboard and tapping it and looking into a, a computer screen, they need it on their mobile device. Um, and I think this product, provides that type of interface. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives then uh, the, uh, the the employers and the business leaders the opportunity to understand how engaged their employee base is. Um, I think lots of interesting information when you think about, you know, who is interacting with the internet or it, with the app, who is talking on it, who is doing what. Um, you could probably get some really good information as to the overall employee sentiment of your business doing this. So, and obviously the market is massive as well. So this is all about, you know, people who are frontline, quote unquote, which I think is the new word for working class, right? So, nice. you know, if you're a blue collar worker, you're driving a truck or you're doing something that's physical, um, you're not in front of a computer screen. Uh, are we actually providing technologies to service this type of uh, demographic? Uh, answer is we've previously uh, really not. Um, and I think this is a new wave of companies that is starting to do that. So, so yeah, a strong buy for me for these guys. All right. Buying everything when he's not banging everything. That's Hung Lee. All right. So my, uh, my two cents on this, guys, is companies have come to the realization that being engaged with a workforce that is more disparate than ever is more important than ever. Um, as we work from home, as our executives are, are sporadically placed around the globe, uh, having something where everyone can engage is super important. Uh, the question for me is whether or not Blink is that solution uh, to do it. And I can't help but think most of the features of Blink uh, feel really easily, easily replicatable, uh, in my opinion. Um, I have a hard time seeing a moat around this company. Um, I feel like a well-designed app maybe on Slack um, could do a lot of the same things um, and probably integrate better with uh, a messaging solution that the company is already using. Uh, so to me, there are too many threats for this business. I'm going to I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell Blink, but love Blink 182. All right, let's uh, let's get into space, boys. Actually, just so you know, guys, buy or sell is over. Uh, we're getting to uh, our last news story. Guys, the time of luring candidates with signing bonuses and competitive salaries is over. In an attempt to hire 500 new employees, a Dutch pizza company has launched one of the most outlandish hiring campaigns ever in which it promises to take one employee to space. Struggling to hire enough deliverers, Dutch pizza chain New York Pizza decided to take matters into its own hands. Rather than spending more money on job ads, referrals, or relatively standard advertisements, they opted for a campaign with which they hope to hire 500 new employees. Quote, we will send our best pizza deliverer into space. That's from Philippe Vorst, the CEO and founder of the company. Vorst says in 2023, the company will deliver the first ever pizza to space. With everyone feeling the side effects of the scarcity, we're going uh, further than anyone else to attract new deliverers, 
Borst said. The competition is set to cost the company a total sum of 200,000 euros and is open to all of its employees who have worked at the company for at least four months. Guys, are you ready to get a job at Dutch pizza chain, New York pizza and go to space? Is this a good move from a recruiting standpoint, a retention standpoint, a marketing standpoint? Uh, Hung, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, uh, so I missed the positive on this show, obviously. Um, and and I, I, lo- I love this. I mean, even as a stunt, it is, it, it's already worth it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the fact the fact that it's made chad and cheese um it gives it this massive bit of branding um that uh, you know a traditional thing wouldn't uh, wouldn't have achieved so uh you know the cost of space travel is definitely declining i think it's it's pretty close it's getting to the point where you know sub millionaires will be able to afford a seat um so I'm, I'm guessing that this guy is thinking you know give it another year or two i think the the schedule award is 2023 or something isn't it um uh, you know maybe the cost of sending somebody up there um will be uh, will, will be a couple hundred grand or something um and that will be worth the higher uh, that will be worth the applicant flow that he might potentially get for for this stunt now are people actually going to apply uh to the job in order to fly into space i don't think so <laughs> um i think people will apply for the jobs they need a job and they want a job um but this is something that's going to be a fun thing uh to circulate around uh, it, around the business for the last 18 months i mean think about the jokes or the the fun that you can have with this uh internally um, and of course, the external PR marketing is huge. So, so yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, they'll be able to to milk this for a long time. Like, imagine the actual flight and preparing for it. Like, yeah, they'll. Oh they'll yeah, be able yeah. To Expect milk a Red this. Bull style documentary going through. I can. I mean, yep. I've never met this guy, and I don't know this business, and I've I've never had a New York pizza uh, from Amsterdam or whatever they, these guys are from. But um, I'm I'm pretty certain the CEO would be of like mind of the you know the. The, the sort of sort of sort of fellow that uh, would enjoy this type of yeah, drama. P- so PT yeah. Barnum is uh, is appreciating this move. Levin, what are your thoughts? I think it's brilliant bullshit, and I don't think <laughs> they will ever send someone to the moon or to space. But uh, given the PR, it's cra- it's a great idea, of course. But if you just do some simple mathematics, I mean, today sending someone through Virgin Galactic, through space for, what is it, 15 minutes or something, it will cost you $55 million. And they say within two years, it will be, it will be like $450,000. Yep. So let's say they'll fly economy class and, and it's only for 50000 That means if they sell a pizza for 15 euros, it will cost them about, or they'll have to sell about 30,000 pizzas. This is totally stupid. I mean, all they all they have to do is hire someone related to Jeff Bezos, and they can take a free trip on uh, on Blue Horizon. So that won't the lifetime mm, lifetime yeah. sort of award of pizzas to Jeff Bezos, and maybe you get a free seat or something. <laughs> I don't go. know. They could probably do something yeah. like that. And they're going to send their best pizza seller to space, and then the bull will explode, and, uh, <laughs> and, and they lost their best <laughs> pizza seller. This is so stupid. Yeah, we got Mister Sunshine on one end, and uh, Mister Death and Despair on the other. So. So obviously this is great PR. They're going to sell a lot of pizzas. You know, they they definitely have to get new servers because of the flood of traffic that the Chad and Cheese listeners are going to bring uh, to the company. Obviously, they'll be able to milk this thing for a long time. Um, I think it's way more about selling pizzas and getting brand awareness for this company than it is actually retaining and recruiting uh, recruiting people. I'll put my American hat on for a second and say the thought of a Dutch pizza chain sending the first pizza to space. 
uh, is frankly a crime against oh, humanity. No. But it's called it's called New York. Pizza. Yeah, I can't think of I can't think of many things less appealing than a Dutch pizza company pimping itself <laughs> as New York style pizza. Uh, this is a slap in the face of New York of America, uh, frankly, which is the best pizza in the world. Uh, and in, 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 in other times, uh, such posing might have led to a global conflict. I'm going to launch a wood shoe making company uh, in Indiana called Dutch Wooden Shoes to see how, how the Dutch feel about that. <laughs> so anyway, I'm off my American high horse. I've been talking about pizza. I'm frankly ready for lunch. Guys, another one is in the books. Hung, thank you so much for gracing us with your what presence. You doing, My pleasure, guys. Really appreciate it. <laughs> for those who want to know more about, about you, where would you send them? How can they connect to Hung? Um, I would say anybody interested in recruiting, uh, you can check it out on recruitingbrainfood.com. Um, if you're interested in my pre previous career as a porn star, please go to <laughs> IMDb. You'll probably uh, uh, do some creative searching. You'll find me there. Very well. And guys, if you want to catch up with more European shows, just head out to chadcheese.com slash Europe. Leaving another one is in the books. I think we did all right without Chad, but we'll be excited to get him back for the next podcast, hopefully. Yep. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho, pepper jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.